Hello everyone, my name is Miriam and you're welcome to my podcast. So today, guys, is an exciting episode. In fact, in every episode, I'm so excited. I always get so excited. This episode is all about culture and my guest's journey to embracing and accepting her African roots and colorful culture. The good, the bad, the difficult times in that journey. And what is culture anyway? You are welcome to episode 13 of Journeys with Podcast. Hi, Mimi. Hi. Hi, Miriam. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm so happy to see you. You know, guys, you guys don't see it, but I'm seeing Mimi <laughs> right now. Yeah, but she's wearing a beautiful African attire. <laughs> I expected it, to be honest. <laughs> That's most of the things I wear. Yes, and for those who don't know yet, my name is also Mimi, you know. I mean, my mom is the only one who calls me Mimi. But still, I say that's my name as well. So where does Mimi come from, by the way? Like, is it like a shortcut for... Yeah, so um, it's actually a middle name of mine. Okay. Um, I've got a couple of middle names. Um, and it's, it's short for Mimi Sola, um, oh, which okay. is from the Yoruba tribe, um, the Nigerian side, because my, my father is um, part Nigerian. Okay. Um, so... Um, with the Nigerian culture, you do things the, the man's way. Yeah. So I was named by my father. <laughs> and um, my, a lot of people know me by his spouse um, and then What do these names mean? What is the meaning of who? Ooh, they, they are, they've got really strong meaning. So Fausat, um basically means um, togetherness or unity. Mm, and um, it actually means we came together to love and cherish you. And then you have um, Mimi Solomon meaning born into wealth. Oh, wow. I'm not wealthy. I'm not, I'm not wealthy yet, but <laughs> I'm born into it. So, you know. I'm not going to lie. That's what I love about Nigerians. Like, their names have meanings, like meanings of meanings of meanings. I love it. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I really um, love and respect about, about Nigerians. Not to say that I don't respect that about Ghanaians, but um a lot of times obviously based on our history a lot of our names are on don't tend to be Ghanaian so you have your normal um what Ghanaians will call your home name Mm -hmm. where um people at home will call you by your native name but then outside you have you know your what they call in Ghana your English name your English name yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. It's not. It's not to say that I don't. I totally respect that. I mean, it's an individual choice of mm-hmm. what you want to yeah. name your your children. Uh, yeah. um, but I, I really do commend Nigerians for that. They they yeah. do that very very well. Um, the reason yeah, why I wanted to have you on this podcast, Mimi, is because I know that you're so like you're unapologetically you're an unapologetically I don't know I'm French I'm French born I'm Ghanaian but French born so my English sometimes <laughs> you don't feel sorry for being African you can see through mm-hmm. you know, even on your Instagram page you call yourself a pan-African and it's like mm-hmm. even what you represent how you carry yourself it shows that yo, you're African and you're proud and I was like yo, I want to have you on this podcast to speak about culture and what is culture to you when we say culture or embracing your roots what is that for you anyway, Mimi? 
I think that's very um, subjective because um, culture is something that has been created and that has been engraved into people's lifestyles. Mm. So um, I believe your culture makes up your lifestyle, how you live your life. Um, mm. To me, that's what culture really means. And oh. um, It's interesting that you say culture has been created. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a creation, I believe. It's something that um, we we came to meet and it's something that our children and great-grandchildren are also coming to meet. Mm. And it's entirely up to us whether or not we want to take our culture along with us on whatever journey that we decide to go on mm. or we leave it and adopt a different kind of culture. You know, that it's not every part or every aspect of our culture that is that is right, so to speak. Or we we can we can also learn from other people's culture and adopt what we we believe will be will work with our culture as well if that makes sense mm. tell me a little bit about your background <laughs> my background yeah. is a lot so um mm. i was originally born in liberia oh okay. um, see i had no idea um, so that's west africa <laughs> and um i am predominantly ghanaian i identify more with my ghanaian side than my nigerian side is my dad that is um uh, got the nigerian side in him, um, but obviously the the mother tongue is very very powerful, and the the mother's way of bringing up her children is is very powerful in a sense that you learn to speak your mother tongue and you learn to pick up certain things from your mother's tradition. So yeah, that that's that's me, and I grew up. Well, I lived I lived in Holland or the Netherlands for a little bit. Okay. Um, when I say a little bit, I mean <laughs> a few years. Um, so for for a while, should I say, mm-hmm. um, before moving here. So I have been I have been around um, from birth, I would say, and mm. I've experienced different kinds of culture. Wow, wow, wow! So have you ever spent time like in Ghana? Have you ever lived in your parents like in Africa and or not really? You just heard of mm. it. Yeah, yeah. I, so I lived in Ghana until I was ten. Um, before moving to Holland and um, moved to the UK when wow. I was 15 or 16. But yes, I did grow up, grow up in Ghana. Mm. I went to school in Ghana. Wow. Um, I started my um, nursery, primary um, education. I just left just before I got to like deep into primary school. It's, it's interesting because you said that you did live in different places. You've experienced different cultures because you lived in different places. So how is it that you feel you connected more to the African culture? Because one would say that, yeah, you lived in Ghana for a few years, but it's like, it's only like, you didn't really live there, live there. So why is why didn't you connect to Holland, would you say, or the UK? Why didn't you feel the same connection in Holland as you feel in Ghana? What would you say to that? Or is it because blood is thicker? <laughs> blood is thicker, I yeah. believe. Um, but that aside, I owe a lot of um who i am today and my acceptance of my culture and tradition to my parents Mm. Um, they they are very very um african in a sense that they're very proud of where they come from and um they 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 taught me not to forget although i'm in a different country 
learning a different language, doing things in a different way. Um, not to forget where where I really, really come from and wow. to, to always take it with me wherever I go. So, How did they do that? Because I know that, you know, this is a wonderful thing to say, but it's like, how do you do that without really feeling like you're imposing it on the child? Like you need to speak the Ghanaian language. You need to do it. How, how did they do it in a way that, yes, I want to do this too? In all honesty, I don't know how they do it. They do an amazing job, and um, I think I think a part of it is fair to say that a part of it goes back to um, slavery, where um, a lot of the the people that were taken away from West Africa, I would say, um, especially because that's where you know the headquarters and stuff were um, taken away from West Africa. Yeah, this is it, and. I think, not that I think, I believe and I know that there there was an intention to get these people to forget where they come from. I'm um, sure. There was an intention and um, through that we, we see the name changes, you know, um, and I'm from, I'm a fanti, so slavery yeah. is very, is pretty much my history um, and I'm saying my because um, uh, growing up is something that I used to hear a lot. For those who don't know, Fante is a Ghanaian tribe, yeah. Yeah, so Fante is 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 uh, part of the Akan tribe um, and is the central regional part of Ghana as well as the western regional part of Ghana. So we have the, the likes of Cape Coast, Elmina, um, Salt Pond, Winibar, um, and so on and so forth, which is the central region. And then um, when you come to the Western region, you have the, what they call the Ahantas. Mm -hmm. So the Ahantas, they they speak Ahanta, but then when you come, it's almost like a um, a diluted fanti. So yeah, um, I, I, I generally don't know how my parents did it, but I, I do commend them for that. You said that you feel like it's connected to slavery. You feel like because of that past, they felt the need to, you know, let their children accept who they are. In the absolutely, sense. absolutely. Because um, you know, there's been there's been a lot of us that when you when you go back, when you look at African Americans, for instance, who who don't know where they come from, you know, right. um, it's like they they've lost the way as as time has gone on. Um, the names have been changed, you know, the, the, the you, you forget about your roots. Yeah. And now that a lot of um, uh, people want to know where they come from, and it's, it, it must be a very difficult journey to go back to yeah. um, find your roots, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's also part of the reason why my parents were very adamant that um, we we don't let go of our culture, our language, um, and our way our way of life, really. Mm, mm, right, right, right. We'll talk a bit more about this. But so you said that you did live in Ghana for a bit, and I wanted to know, yeah. Um, hmm, so I've been to Ghana quite a few times. I'm Ghanaian and very very proud. And it's like um, in 2017, let's say I went to Ghana to look at the opportunities. You know, I want to look at the opportunities that are in Ghana. You know, that season where everybody was going to Ghana because we need to contribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But going there as a Ghanaian, I did receive quite a few remarks of people being very confused as to why I'm there when I'm from the UK or when I was born in Europe. What am I doing in Ghana? 
why is they in Ghana? A Ghanaian is telling me that. Of like, yeah, being like, why are you here? So being in Ghana, did you feel this sense of um, like abroad is better? Or did you feel a sense of, oh, we are Ghanaians among your friends? Did you feel a sense of them being proud of where they come from? Or even being with them, you thought like, oh, they didn't really like being Ghanaian and they always had in mind that abroad is better. Did you feel a sense of like, is it, they call it patriotism, right? Of like, mm-hmm. we are Ghanaians and proud. Did you feel that mm-hmm. there? Or did you feel like, nah, we want to go to abroad and here yeah, it's not nice? It's interesting you asked that question. I mean, I, I was very young um, when mm-hmm. I left Ghana, but there, there was obviously <laughs> on the playground, there was, there was this notion that um traveling outside of ghana is better you get a better kind of life um than in ghana and there's a lot of kids from my school who are now obviously men and women (laughs) um that that believe that and um i remember when when it was time for myself and my my mum and my brother to move to holland i wasn't particularly happy about that um, which is very strange because growing up there, a lot of kids wanted to go to what we call our brochure, you know, they want to, they want to, they want to go to, um, the Western world and they want to travel, you know, it's, it's, and I went to a private school. So a lot of the kids there, their parents or one of their parents were, um, was, or were abroad. Right. So yeah, it was, I did not want to leave. I did not wow. want to leave. I love Ghana so much. The freedom um, of just being who it, you are. It's very hard to explain what it is about Ghana that I love. And that's why I always say to people, is it's better for you to go there and you will know exactly what I'm talking about without me saying it. Because it's very difficult to explain the feeling comes of being, being home. You know, um, I mean, yeah. things are not perfect in Ghana. But one thing that Ghana does not lack is peace and there's a sense of um, freedom and freedom when I say freedom I'm not talking about being able to go out kind of freedom but mentally Mm. I I don't know about you but whenever I'm in Ghana the moment I arrive it's like I forget about all my troubles (laughs) I don't have any problem anymore I'm just here to relax and unwind Mm. So yeah, it's a I very think interesting that's question. that comes with when you connect to your culture, when mm. you go back mm. to where you come from, you get this sense of oh, welcome. Yeah, it's like I'm home. So I, I don't see Ghana as a, as a place of uh, as a holiday destination. Mm. For me, it's like uh, it's time for me to go home, mm-hmm. go spend time with family, and um, come right. back. So when you came back, so when you moved to Holland and you left Ghana and then you moved to the UK, you did mention that at home, um, you like. Your, your parents kind of raised you to be proud of where you come from through the language, through the food. But what was the experience like outside of the house? Can you share with us a little Ooh, bit? That, that experience was it was it was um, it was a hard one to swallow. It was very difficult um, growing up in a place where um, racism was was was. Um, it was it was almost acceptable mm. um you know and i did not even know what racism was until i got to holland if i'm very honest wow. um, growing up in Ghana, i didn't know what the word meant i had never heard of the word racism or racist or 
anything. Of course, I'd, I'd heard the word race, but I just, I, I, in my mind, you know, every human being is a human being. I did not really look at color um, and the color of someone's skin to be more superior or to make no. a person more superior over the other. So um, when we, when I started school, um, when we got to Holland, it, it was very difficult. Uh, I was one of two black children um, in my class and not many in, this, in the entire school. And um, I, I, I was very, I was very quick at learning the language. So I'm, I'm very quick at picking up um, languages. I'm like a sponge when it comes to languages. I literally suck up and soak up everything. Um, so I picked up on the language very quickly. And I remember there was a there was an experience I'll, I'll share with you, where one of um, the kids in my class asked in Dutch. Um, thinking that I didn't, obviously, I didn't understand the language because obviously, you know, I had just come um, and asked me in Dutch, oh, are, are you a monkey, right? <sighs> and I remember I, I I just looked at the person like, what? what? Like, why would you even ask that question? Um, and I, I, I shook my head that no. And I think that's when she, she asked again and again, and my answer was no. And that's when I, I realized that it was um it was then that I realized that my skin color is a problem almost. And um I have to develop a very thick skin to be able to deal with this. Um and that that was um yeah, that that's what really got me through it, but my experience at school, um, in the playground, um, away from home and all of that was, was very difficult. It was very difficult. I used to come home and cry and, wow. um, you know, speak to my, my mom about it and all of that. And my mom, of course, also didn't understand why, you know, people would pick on me or bully me because of the color of my skin, because where, where she's grown up all her life, she, she doesn't, it's not a thing. You don't have to deal with that because we're all the same, all black. So what is that racism thing? This is it. So um, yeah, so that was my first encounter of racism, and and that that really encouraged me to to hold on to my culture because I felt like that's the only thing that would define me, um, and that's where I can identify with because I did not feel like I belonged. Um, I belonged in the country. Wow. and with the people of the country so it, it was that's, a very difficult experience that's interesting that's interesting because it's like when you go to, i feel like hearing you it's like when you go through hardships there are two ways you can take it i'm facing racism because of my skin tone i will reject that culture there are two ways you can take it either rejecting that culture either being like no i'm going to accept it and embrace it because this is who i and you chose the latter you chose yeah. the latter of no i'm going to accept it was that too much yeah. you could have gone about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. I I had to, I had to accept it because um, it, it was it was all I had mm. to to make me feel the person that I am. It was it was the, the last memory I had before coming there or after coming there. 
was playing at the playground with my friends and not being seen as black, you know, and not being called a monkey and, and all of that. So it, it was, um, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very grateful that from a very young age, I understood the importance of where I come from and the importance of identifying with my roots. Right. Um, and I, I've never shied away from that. Um, you know, even through the bullying, through all the racist encounters, I've still held on until today and I still hold on to it. And um, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I love it. I love it. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't raised in the UK. I mean, I came here when I was 13 from, from France. My parents are Ghanaian. They moved there like 25, 30 years ago. And um, so I wasn't raised this. I didn't really know how it went, how, how black people kind of you know how it is growing up a lot of this british slang i didn't understand right and um you know i remember hearing things like af you're being too af like as if people using african as an insult being too african was an insult when people were talking to each other and being too af like and it made me think being african before was not cool mimi being african it wasn't was something like if you told if someone told you you're being too African, it was an insult. That's an right. Insult. And That's I'm right. like, I'm like, I'm like, where does that come from? And when I look at you know one blogger called you know there's one blogger there's one YouTuber who, um you know went through a little bit of controversy earlier this year because you know people were digging up her old tweets and found out you know her writing really like tweeting bad stuff about the black culture and stuff. And she explained the fact that yo. Yes, she was 13, but back then, when she was tweeting those kind of things against her own culture, it was because then being black was not a good thing and she hated herself, mm -hmm. right? And it was like, why do you think that was, Mimi? Is it, do you think that the media had a part to play in how we saw ourselves? Because sometimes it was black people doing this to other black people. Yeah. So what do you think? That's a very interesting question. Um, just like yourself, I didn't grow up here. Um, like I said, I I grew up in Ghana for a bit and then um, Holland before moving here. So by the time I moved here, I, I was I was well into my teens. It's um, well, I remember coming here. My experience was really different, and I felt very I felt like I could be myself here mm -hmm. because obviously i saw i saw more and more black people because where i lived in holland you know it was it was predominantly white people um so i i saw more and more um black people which was very that's exactly how i felt moving here from yeah. france i was like oh my gosh i'm seeing black people with this is this country is amazing yeah so um before we moved here we were we were coming here quite often and um when like i said i am very quick at picking up languages and i spoke english before going to holland anyway um because as you know ghana english is our first language for whatever reason <laughs> um so i spoke i spoke english um before moving to Ghana so moving here wasn't really difficult because we used to come here very often right. my, my ears were really sharp to the accent mm. to the to the British accent um, so I was I picked that up very quickly um, so when I started school when we moved here eventually and I started school I had already 
picked up some of the slang being used mm. and um also some of the some of the the culture i was very intrigued so you know in terms of music i used to listen to garage i used to listen to grime i'm very oh. when it comes to music i'm very open to different genres um so in in listening to the music and coming here it was very easy for me to kind of ease myself into mm -hmm. the way of life here right. at school it's um it's very interesting it wasn't cool to be black it wasn't cool to be african um for that matter because you know even your name you know people make fun of your name if you have a typical african name and they will laugh at you because of you know that your the way you pronounce certain things um but i i had a group of friends so i had a group of black friends who were also very proud of where they came from mm -hmm. um in school um so there was a caribbean there was a congolese there was a ghanaian there was uh, there were nigerians tanzanians and we were all like a group of friends mm -hmm. so it was it was very easy for me to identify with these people and mm -hmm. um, i i didn't really experience that but i mm -hmm. know it was happening to mm -hmm. to some some people because um sometimes the africans they will they will say they're caribbeans or they're half jamaican See, because it was cool <laughs> but not cool to be african so you will even deny your roots just so you can fit in mm. you know um and that's something that really hap uh, happened a lot in schools but i didn't really get to experience that because mm. i was very fortunate to have a group of friends okay. um who who also understood the importance of knowing their roots and, and do you think that 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 whole I, i'm not i don't like being black or being african it starts from the home because you you were raised in a way where like your parents made it cool to be african right so do you think it starts with the home i think partly yeah partly yeah um because the there are some people that there are some people i know that we've had conversations like this where they said their parents only spoke English to them because they they wanted to perfect their English, right? So their parents wanted to perfect their English, but in doing that, they were not learning their language from their parents. Okay. So, you know, it, instead of it being a two-way thing, it was almost like a not almost it was a one-way thing where you're you're. You're basically your mum is speaking English to you, and they're yeah. speaking English to you because they want to become better at speaking English, but they already know how to speak their mother tongue, you know, and you grow up not being able to, mm. and um, you get comfortable speaking English with your parents, and that's how slowly and gradually you forget, mm. you know, okay. you, you as a parent, you become very comfortable that you forget that, you know, I have to teach my child our language. You know, mm. so that when they when they go back home, they don't feel out of place, mm. and they can actually communicate with people back home. So I do believe um, part of it starts um, from home. I also believe um, teachers, teachers. Um, teachers had a part to play because um, my brother, for instance, couldn't speak a word of English when we moved here. Um, he just spoke Dutch and just Dutch. So there was a time that. 
um, my mum went to pick him up from school and the teacher spoke to my mum and was like, oh, what, what languages do you speak at home? You know, um, he, he speaks, um, I think, uh, you know, he speaks Dutch to the kids in, in school and they don't know what it is. So I would encourage you to speak more English oh, wow. with him so that he can pick it up. Wow. So, you know, that then my, my, my parents fell into that trap, unfortunately, um, where they, because I used to speak Dutch with my, with my brother at home, as well as Fanti. Um, and my parents told me that they don't want to hear me speaking Dutch with my brother anymore. Okay. Which was a hard one to swallow. Um, it could have been an extra language that, you know, he could have, you know, lived life with, really. It would have been a bonus when you're looking for a job nowadays. It's good if you can speak, uh, you know, multiple languages. And so my parents were, were strict with that. And yeah, so mm-hmm. that's how I stopped speaking Dutch to my brother. And now wow. he doesn't understand a word of Dutch, which wow. really upsets me sometimes. But I can also understand it's a hard one. And I think the media also has has a part to play oh. in all of this because of how they portray Africa, because of how they, you know, once upon a time, Africa was just um, charity adverts with a child, ripped clothes, flies flying all around the nose and the mouth and... And that's what people knew as Africa. Mm. So obviously yeah. they see that and they don't want to connect because it's like... This oh. is it. This is it. And they ridicule Africans with it. And then in turn, it makes it makes Africans feel inadequate. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, um, yeah, why am I being treated like that? Because I'm African, you know, because I don't want to take this anymore. I'm going to do things how they do it. And that's how we gradually and slowly kind of drop our roots without realizing mm-hmm. and it's not it's, it's not with any bad intention it's not intentional it's just to get rid it's almost like take the oppression off your shoulder a little bit you know just by by trying to blend with them but even that has its issues because then it's like they always make you feel like you're not part of them there was no representation um, as well mm-hmm. in the media because you know you watch cartoons and you don't really see black kids or black cartoon characters um or you watch some of these children's program and you know it's it's just all white kids and it's, it was very difficult to really come out as an african and be yeah. proud but well, you did um, say that for you you still held on to it uh because of how your parents raised you so it was a thing where because when you went home they spoke the language they spoke mm. well of the country that you think that's what kind of helped you you know, yeah. or maybe it's your experience being in Ghana. That oh, Ghana is cool. Yeah. So I know what the real Africa is. Yeah, yeah, that too. So um, I've not forgotten. Although I left Ghana at a very young, young age, I've not forgotten anything. Um, I, I still remember the route to my school. I still remember the route home. You know, <laughs> I go home whenever I'm in Ghana, and that that's me. That was me keeping my memories um, active and really holding on to them so that I don't forget. Mm. Um, and yeah, growing up in Ghana definitely made me think. So when people are go, talking about Africa, I'm like, you guys don't, you don't know. There's more to it than you see on TV. There's honestly more to it than, you know, you, 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 you know, or you're being taught. Um, and yeah, and my parents too. But aside that, I I don't know what it is, but I have always been 
pro-Africa. Okay. Um, I've always been pro-Black, um, even in the midst of uh, some of my experiences. I always saw it to be important to to hold on to where I come from and, right. and not forget. Right. So my parents played their part, but I also allowed them to bring me up in that way. I didn't allow them. Great. I didn't say, oh, don't, don't speak my language to me. It's embarrassing. Don't, I don't want, my, my mom will pick me up from school and speak full on fancy with me in front of my Dutch friends. And I love it, it was okay, mm. you know, because mm. Turkish were doing it. They pick up their children and they speak Turkish mm. to them. You know, the Asians were doing it. Um, the Somalis were doing it. And these are all people that when you, when you go deep into it, no matter where they give birth to their children, their children always grow up to know their language. Yes. Know where they come from. You know, you have Turkish um, children that are born here. Sometimes you even hear it in their accent when they speak English. You can you can hear it, although they're born and bred here, you can still hear that they're from somewhere. Right. Um, which is something that I think um, Africans, we, we lack. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about parents, because I think that you, when we look at the other side, because it's good to say that, but when we look at the other side, um, there are many reasons, yeah, parents do influence how a child looks at their culture. And sometimes parents don't realize it, being how, you know, that, you know, you hear all the time, uh, parents or adults who moved here 30 years ago and haven't been back home. And so children look at the way they speak about home. They see how the phone calls that they receive, the way they speak up, oh, damn, yeah, this person always asks for money. Oh, this. So the child looks at this and so they identify home as something that they don't want to connect mm -hmm. with. Sometimes it's parents telling their child, oh, you have to speak, you have to speak this, oh, I will send you back to... So it's like a child, when they mm -hmm. think back of Africa, they think, I don't want to go there, I don't want to be sent back, like it's prison. So it's like... And it's, it's hard because at the same time, you don't want to impose it on your child. Mm -hmm. Your child has to want it as well. Because if mm -hmm. you force it, they don't want, they wouldn't want to connect. So it's mm -hmm. a hard one. It, it definitely is. And um, that, that, there's that side to it as, as well. And it's very interesting that you bring that up. And um, it's, it's very, it's good that you've brought that up, actually. It's very good that you brought that up because, um, like you said, a lot, a lot of the time, growing, I mean, my parents, couldn't say that to me because I come from Ghana. If you want to send me back, I'm more than happy to go because I didn't even want to come here in the first place. <laughs> you know? But um, um, children that are born and bred here, I used to hear that oh, my mom said she would send me back to Ghana if I don't behave myself, I'm naughty. So it's almost like um, Ghana or Africa was, there was a very negative connotation to it where, you know, when someone says that they're going to send you back home, it's almost like it's a prison or it's some sort, you're going to go through some sort of torture or punishment. It was a, it was a punishment. It was a way of um, scaring. So I don't blame some of the, the children or some of us growing up um, thinking, you know, Ghana, I'm, I'm saying Ghana because that's, that's where I'm from. So it's easier yeah, to speak culture, yeah. um, about it. Um, yeah, you know, going back to Ghana and you're scared. It puts some fear in you. So you don't want to hear anything about Ghana. You don't, you mm. don't really want to, because it's like, you want to send me to Ghana so I can go and suffer. So it's almost like there was, there was a negative connotation to it, which, was, which, is, which is not good because then a lot of us um, from, from our generation grew up thinking, 
um, Africa is, is, yeah, is a no-go area. Like, if you go there, you're going to be miserable. You're not going to be happy. You're going to be maltreated. You know, you, you, can't, you can't do certain things. You can't be you and all of that, which is not true. Um, because now, guess what? A lot of people want to go to Africa. They want to now. You know, they're, they're dying to go to. There's someone that um, I spoke to um, recently um, who was using some of the Edinburgh symbols, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's that, that's from my wow. my country, it's from my tribe." And they're like, "Yay, I really love Ghana. You know, I'm dying to go to Ghana." I was like, "Wow!" And this person's Caribbean. Wow. And I was like, "Wow!" Once upon a time, we wanted to be like you guys. You know, it wasn't cool wow. to be African, but now it is. So yeah, so I, I, I'm glad that our parents have now come out of it because yeah if you want to take me to ghana especially in december (laughs) take me like i'm happy i guess guess they didn't know any better isn't it maybe they didn't know any better the language i don't i don't know if they didn't know any better um that's that's part of it but i i also i also think with everything you have to be very intentional and um, you have to really sit down and think about how what you're saying is going to affect the upbringing of your children and I feel like that's where some of our parents failed um, so to speak in that area where they they didn't they didn't realize that in them saying this is going to put some of us off from getting to know more about um, where we're from our roots our our country our culture our language and Mm. and so on and so forth so yeah, you, you can say that they didn't know better, but it's very also it's also being about being very intentional mm. um, with some of the things that you you you, you say to your children because your your voice becomes your children's inner voice. They they hear your voice. Yeah, they hear how you speak about your country. This is it, and you they they hear your voice even when they're out of the house. I don't know about you, but sometimes <clears throat> when growing up, sometimes when I have I feel like doing something and I know what I'm about to do is not, it's not, it's very naughty. Um, I hear my mom's <laughs> voice. <laughs> I hear my mom's voice in, in Fanti just telling me off. And I'll I'm just, like, I'll right. Just say it. Just give me a little bit of Fanti. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like, um, let's say I'm doing something that, that it's not really going to help me in the long run. It's going to affect me in a in a certain way. I can just hear my mom saying, "Jamarianu, Marye, Edu, baby, and then I'm like, right, okay. So wherever 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 I saw right now, I'm gonna reap. So yeah, let me just cut it out. Let me just stop right now. So yeah, it's really interesting. Wow, wow, wow. And another thing that I wanted, like. I'm just going to give that. I don't like people, I don't ask as Africa, it's just this thing that I don't know is out there where when you think about bad parenting, a lot of people, a lot of Africans, a lot of us, I don't think we, 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 we know that we're doing it, but I see a lot of social media. We associate a certain kind of parenting to African parenting. Like African parents do this. Oh, like I don't like this whole like, oh, if your parent, if your parent didn't hit you as a child, then you're not enough. This even people hearing that, even people who are not even connected to their culture, they look at this and be like, I don't want to be hit. Why do we associate mm. bad parenting to African parenting? That's something that I don't like to see on social media. <laughs> what do you mm. think of it? I don't like it. 
I think I think it's not necessarily to do with bad parenting, but that's where culture. Mm-hmm. I, I I was talking to a friend some time back, and we we're talking about black culture and African culture. Hmm. Right, there are, there are certain things that as a black person, no matter where that person is from, they can identify with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's say um, being smacked. You know, you you misbehave, and your mom gives you like a a little slap on your bum, and all of that. There are certain things that are that every black person can identify with you know if you speak to an african-american they can identify with that and like yeah my mom my mom really gave it to me when i was younger and i would be naughty if you speak to uh someone that grew up in europe a black person that grew up in europe whether they're african or not they can identify with that i i i feel like it's it's um it's not necessarily bad parenting but it's our way of life and and we yes it's not it's not necessarily good um, because I, I don't believe in smacking children. I don't think um, smacking children, you know, from experience, I don't think it, it stops me from doing what, <laughs> what I really want to do. You know, sometimes it can actually make situations worse um, when, when you smack children as opposed to communicating with them. But, you know, I, 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 I always wonder why African parents or why black parents think smacking is, is, the, mm. is the way to resolve or the way to fix certain attitude issues in children um, mm. as opposed to conversing with, mm. with your children and really maybe setting them down. Maybe this is something that as second generations we can change. This is best, maybe one part of the culture that we don't have to take with us to the next one, to the next generation. Yeah, yeah. and this is what I was saying at the beginning of, of this podcast that um, it's up to us if we want to take our culture fully or drop it or take part of it along with us and take parts of other cultures that are good and combine it with ours um what is your take um, to be honest i i identify with the latter so i don't believe everything to do um with the Ghanaian or african culture is right um like i mentioned i don't believe in smacking children um because I, I don't think it really I don't think it fixes the issue you know sometimes it's, it's about having that conversation which is something that a lot of us didn't really get um because our parents were very quick to raise their hands and you know give you a little slap or or whatever and i guess that is because of their their upbringing yeah yeah you know and that's something that i wouldn't want to take take in take take on on as as a parent mm-hmm. you know as a mother i wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to, you know, smack my my child um, when when they do something wrong. I would rather speak to them and let them know where they've gone wrong and let them know how they can be better yeah. and have that conversation. But growing up, I don't know about you, but I didn't get the opportunity to even express myself yeah. um, and give my my take on certain things that happen. So in in that. I'm taking the Ghanaian culture of bringing up my child in a way that they don't forget about where they're from mm-hmm. and I'm taking a bit of the Western culture where you communicate mm-hmm. um, uh, you, with your with your children and you really have conversations with them. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, you know, your child should be your, your best friend and you do whatever you talk to each other anyhow. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But, you know, bring your child close. 
mm. um, and let them let them feel safe in in opening up and in speaking up about certain things that bothers them because a lot of us grew up bottling things up that's true um because you know, we, 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 we if we spoke up yes either it's disregarded or it's seen as disrespectful so because of that we struggle with communication you know and we we have to be i've had to be very very intentional about how i communicate um with people and that's why communication is 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 the, on the yeah. top of my list yeah of of um, ways to live my life um because mm. i believe if you don't communicate certain things you won't be heard yeah and um, that that is not part of our culture because yeah. you know i don't know about you growing up when when you're a child from you know the the, the adult is always right because you're a child you're wrong yeah. even if you're right you're, you're wrong. wrong yeah and that's something that i think we as as a younger generation should should take on in the upbringing of our, of our children okay. um so yeah I, I believe in in taking part of my culture and you know learning as i go along about mm. other cultures and looking at what i can adopt mm. and what i can drop right so what do you think of the world today, Mimi, about social media and even, you know, African music like Afrobeat? Do you think it has helped shape or change the narrative that uh, non-Africans have of Africa, even as Africans we have of ourselves? Absolutely. I, I genuinely believe that it's, it's really changed a lot. And um, once upon a time, you listen to African songs and you know, people will make um, funny noises or funny sounds um, just to take the mick out of your your music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but now, I believe it's like we, with our generation. Um, I think we've 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 done very well, yeah. and we've worked very hard in in getting our culture and getting our um ourselves as black people out there mm-hmm. you know and there are there are certain places that you wouldn't you wouldn't find a black person 20 years ago yeah. but now you go to that same place and you see about you know 10 20 30 black people in that in that same place amongst other races mm-hmm. um which is which is an amazing thing to to see to grow up to witness um considering the places that i've grown up in um, and music, music is a is a language that brings a lot of people together. You know, music and food for me. Um, it's definitely I, I, part of our culture as Africans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we when you go back to even even if you want to go back to slavery, um, you know, when you when I'm not sure if you've watched um, Roots or any of these kind of um, movies, but you you hear the slaves singing you know you hear them singing in their in their mother tongue and you hear them um teaching each other their language and stuff like that and singing is something uh, that has been with us and that's something that in in every situation when we're happy we sing when we're when we're sad we sing when when we have food we sing when we're we're hungry we sing you, do you know what i mean so in every situation we have a song for every situation almost um and every circumstances that we find ourselves in um so i do think that um afrobeats has come a very very long way 
um, I commend all these artists that have really pushed and these promoters mm -hmm. that have really pushed um, African music and the Afrobeats genre to, to bring it to where it is today. I'm really glad that I've lived to witness this, this um, transformation and you know, this um, revolution is, is quite amazing. Yeah. And I really, I have hope that it will only get better and yeah. as time goes on we we will we, we we will also be where everyone else is and not feel that we don't deserve to be there yeah um, simply because of the color of our skin right yeah. right well, i love this and even talking about music um before i even get into beyonce <laughs> And um, and 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 everything that she's doing right now to promote Africa and using her music. Let me just say that even before that, there was there were a lot of Africans, Nigerian, Ghanaian um, uh, musicians who you know who you know through their music tried in their way to elevate Africa and elevate you know their country uh, before you know this year. But let's talk about Beyonce and what she's doing in terms of you know Black is King movie and her collaboration with let's say Shatawale and other African artists. What do you think of that? People have been talking about it. Do you think it's a positive thing or what do you think? I think is I think it's a positive thing, um, depending on um how you want to look at it. Um because you know, there, there's a lot of the time when, I always say when it comes to African-Americans, we have to be very, very sensitive um, to, to their situation up. because they're not, you know, they're not fortunate like us where we know we're going back home to Ghana. You know, for them, where they grew up, where they were born is their home um, and they don't know. Um, any other home is only recently that a lot of them are trying to trace their roots. So I think we have to be really sensitive when they are um, expressing um, their their love for for Africa, you know, um, and their love for um, our music and our our culture and our way of life. Of course, there are as a Christian, there are certain things that um, I, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, some of the visuals were quite um, interesting, um, but I'm not one to judge. Okay. We have to be gracious um, to those that are just finding their roots, you right. know, um, and finding themselves and where they, they really come from. Um, so I think it's amazing that Beyonce has done what she's done and she's collaborated with a lot of African artists. It's it's a matter of um, that being recognized right. outside of Ghana. And I, right. I feel like, um, you know, the collaboration with Beyonce has, has, has birthed that opportunity. Amazing. Well, we're almost coming to the end, almost. Um, so uh, Mimi, you do, you do say on your Instagram that you're Pan-African, yeah? so how does it manifest in your day-to-day -day life at home? I know that you cook amazing African food. I mean, your food is something else, to be very honest with you. <laughs> so what, how does it manifest in your day-to-day -day life, being Pan-African? Uh, being Pan-African is, is a way of life for me um it's um as you said is being unapologetically african and not being sorry for the the clothes you wear you know the head wraps and before head wraps became a thing i was wearing it um and you know i remember being called an auntie because i'm wearing a head wrap and i was you know, you know, me, i was called this in ghana 
in Kanye yeah. told me why you were in a headscarf in Ghana. I was like, what? Anyway. Yeah, things have changed in Ghana. Things things have really changed, and sometimes it's not for the for the best. Um, uh, I think the adoption of Western culture is is becoming a little bit excessive um, mm. in there. But yeah, so yeah, I was rocking headscarves before um, they they came into fashion, and you know, being called an auntie time and time again, and still wearing it. Um, is is like I said, is is a way of life. Is a way of embracing your um, Africanism, if that's even a word. Um, you created it. It's fine. Mimi created it. It's a word now. Whatever. <laughs> it's a word. <laughs> it's probably a word, but I, I don't know. I need to do my research on that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so it, it's in everything I do, whatever I do, or uh, wherever I go, whoever I speak to you have to know I'm African. Mm. You can't think anything else. Um, be at work, um, be it in Ghana, even in Ghana. When I go to Ghana, the, the only thing that is different apparently is, is the skin. But take that, put that aside. And that, that is said by Ghanaians living in Ghana, by the way. Um, put that aside, you will not, you will not really catch me acting a different way other than Ghanaian in Ghana. What does that mean? That's interesting. So, so what I mean by that is that when I'm in Ghana, you will not hear me speaking English like this. For instance, Um, uh, you will not hear me. A lot of the time, you you barely hear me speaking English. Um, uh, And when I do, is with with a very strong Ghanaian accent. Um, You know, people see you have to do that to be smart so that people don't like treat you differently. No, I think it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just an instinct. Cause to right. me, it's like I'm back home. So I have to speak my language freely. Mm. Everyone around me understands it. So um, why not? I, I don't, I don't think um, you have to do it to um, kind of be accepted or anything like that because um, Ghana has really evolved a lot. And even when you go and you speak English now, people don't laugh at you anymore. Like. They, they used to, um, it's almost becoming a little bit normal. Um, but yeah, so um, it's just things like that. Um, and also being, really studying um, the history of, mm-hmm. of Africa and um, getting involved where I can and where I should um, right. as an African. And um, so, so in all, just embracing my culture, embracing my name, embracing my language, my food, and everything, um, everything associated to being black and being African. Tell me about um, YPN Network. Is it YPN Network or YPN something? You're a yeah, so yeah. Young Pioneers Network. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a um an initiative that um my husband started, but um I've joined him in running it. Um, and what we do is we we try to. Um, educate young um, people in Ghana from um, underprivileged background about um, political awareness. So to be politically mm-hmm. aware and to um, understand that politics, because you know there's a there's a negative connotation to politics in Africa that is a, is a dirty game and all of that. And it's not, you know, there's some truth in that. Um, but there's also the other side that nobody talks about. Um, and that's what we try to educate these um, young people Mm-hmm. 
uh, from underprivileged backgrounds about. Wow. Um, is it when you go to Ghana, you see them? How does it work? No, we, we actually run workshops. Okay. Um, so we, 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 there have been years that we travel to Ghana just for that and, and come back um, just to run the workshops for maybe two weeks or so. And our focus is more on street children. Um, mm. So they, they are the ones that we believe need to know about their, the power mm. that they have politically. Because really and truly, you know, until anyone votes the president in, you know, into into office, he, he's he can't become a president, and we have the power to do that. Power is in is in our hands, and it's in our votes, and that's what we try to um, educate um, young people on. That's awesome, awesome. Where can people follow that? Um, so we're on on Twitter, um, YPN Network. Um, we're on Instagram, same thing, and um, our website as well um, is www.ypnnetwork.org. What about the cooking side of it, Mimi? Well, tell me about it, because I do know that you you do private um, cooking, um, private cooking lessons. Oh, oh, cooking! Oh my gosh, that's a topic for another day. But I, I will try. And so is um, Didi's and Num Nums, um, spelled D I D I S. Um, and then the and sign and N-O-M-N-O-M-S. Um, so on Instagram is diddies.numnums. So mm-hmm. at diddies.numnums, you can follow us on there. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, um, we're on a break because of um, the current climate with COVID-19. Um, and apart from that, I, I just gave birth not a few months ago. So um, we decided to put things on hold while I recovered and enjoy being a mum. Mm-hmm. And then we will be back with our cooking classes. So um, follow us and keep your eyes peeled and pray that everything goes back to normal, wherever normal is now. And we'll get the cooking classes back on track. Mm-hmm. Or we're looking to go virtual with that if things don't change. So that'll um, be awesome. That would be awesome. What is next for you? What do you want your works to represent in terms of, you know, what you do, your cooking, you know, your impact? What is like the legacy and what do you want people to think when they look at your works, really? Africa. That's all. Literally, when when you see me, you you have to see Africa in me. When you eat my food, you have to taste um, Africa in my food and... um, I, I was really, really happy when, um, I'm not sure if you watched it when we're on Come Dine With Me. Are you asking um, me? You're not sure. We had the whole conversation on the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> we had the opportunity to showcase our um, African food, um, you know, to people that were not of African backgrounds. Um, so, yeah, it was a great opportunity to showcase our, our food um, and we do um, Afrofusion. So it's not it's not just African food, but we, we take African recipes and we um, combine it with other recipes and create um, or we take African foods and um, get other foods and create a recipe um, from it. So it was a great opportunity to be able to share our food with people who were not of African background and who actually had not tasted any African food before. And you came um, second, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, we came second, which was which was amazing. It was it was a privilege. It was an absolute privilege. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Mim. Before we end though, let me just give some, you know, 
like share my experience just a little bit because we're talking about culture a lot you know i have a youtube channel i created my youtube channel in 2012 and the reason why i created it was to inform people about ghana because back then there was no videos on youtube about ghana except movies and soccer matches like football matches like clips of football there was none and over the years i received so many comments you know of people even black americans telling me oh thank you so much for your video about ghana my dna i found that i'm Ghanaian. oh my gosh i'm gonna go like honestly it's, it's been amazing i also received comments of people asking me how come you're so connected to ghana you're born in europe that's so <laughs> right so i just wanted to give like some brief tips about how i think i connected to ghana even though i wasn't born there I think mm. one thing is that growing up, I uh, my parents took me to Ghana a lot for holidays. So I was mm. to Ghana in summer and holidays mm. and beach. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's the first thing. When you associate somewhere with holidays, that's it. Yeah. I think that definitely helped me. And when you're a child, you don't think too much. So I used to play with Ghanaian local, you know, children and stuff. So I think that helped me. The second thing that I think helped me is the fact that my parents, ne- I-, I-, I never heard my parents speaking badly about Ghana. All mm. I knew is that my parents wanted to go back to Ghana and enjoy yeah. Ghana. Yeah. So I think just hearing my parents associating Ghana with holiday, with retirement, with something fun, mm. helped me. And they never imposed it on me, like, Miriam, you need to do No, they were really mm. gentle. Yeah, that's and... also very important. Right. So these, I think, are tips that I can give for anyone who want to connect to their culture but don't know how to start. Thank you so much, Mimi. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I, just one last question. You have a baby girl who, that is amazing. How, <laughs> oh, thank you how so do much. You want, how do you want her to grow up as an African, proud in this, in this, in this climate? Oh, I, I have a, a huge responsibility on my shoulder mm-hmm. um, to pass on how my parents taught me certain things to her. So um, I'm just um, hoping and praying Mm. that God helps me with that to to bring her up Mm. um, in a way that she won't she won't forget um, where she where she comes from. Parents like you, I don't think she will find it hard because even just seeing your love for it, you might not even have to say anything. She will just see. I hope so. (laughs) Yes, I hope so. She will just see your love for it, and I think just naturally, just like you, she will grow up to love it. Yeah, I really hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. Well done. Thank you so much, Mimi. I appreciate Thank you it. So much, I appreciate. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to Journeys with Podcast. Journeys with Podcast is available on Inst- on Instagram at Journeys with Podcast. And just leave your comments and follow Mimi on Instagram at Mimi Inspired. Right? That's right. Okay. Thank you so much, Mimi. Thank you. Bye.